Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast, and this week you're in for a treat. I have my new friend, Colleen Houck, joining us. She's a speaker, author, and coach, and has over 15 years in the corporate leadership space. We have such an amazing conversation today about juggling family and your career, and when it's time to leave your day job and take the leap of faith and jump into your dreams. It can be such a tough space to navigate when we really are trying to make the decision, is it time to leave my day job yet? How do I do this? How do I step into what's next for me? And then on top of that, how to balance family and your dreams. I know that I have this conversation with so many of my friends, and I'm really excited to have this conversation on the Radiant Podcast. So let's dive in. Let's invite you into my conversation with Colleen, and I can't wait for you guys to get to know her. Hey, Colleen. Hi, Kelsey. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited for my listeners to get to know you, for the Radiant Tribe to kind of welcome you to the fam. So welcome, and I would love for you to kind of dive in by sharing who you are, a little bit about yourself. We want to know the full story, not just the 30-second version. So tell us a little bit about you. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much, Kelsey, for having me on. I'm always excited to share the story, and and hopefully it'll help uh, energize and inspire, you know, one of your listeners. Yeah, so if we go back <laughs> 42 years ago, just to <laughs> spill my age right off the bat, <laughs> I born and raised in Southern California. I've never lived anywhere else. I'm an only child and have two wonderful parents. That is definitely one thing I can say I've been lucky in life. But as I was growing up, my mom was a full-time working mom. She was a registered nurse at a hospital and she she just got everything done man she ran the household she got me to all of my activities of course with my dad's support i don't mean to make it sound like my dad wasn't there but my mom you know was in my eyes wonder woman she she just did so much and that's who really i wanted to be like and as i graduated high school and went into college i felt like I was kind of on that path, you know, getting my degree. And I started off as an elementary school teacher and was, you know, really looking at the future of of what I wanted to do. And, but after I married my husband, Matt, it's been about 15 years ago. And I very quickly became mom to his son, Jordan. And then not too long after that, we had two children of our own, uh, Ethan and Reese. And through all of that, I really decided that I wanted to leave teaching and move into more of that like corporate professional world. And I ended up after, I think it was my, it must've been my second kind of company that I was working for in that transition. Uh, It was a company that I was really excited to work for. And I ended up spending about 11 and a half years there. And that really was, has been the bulk of my experience. And the story that I most often share was heading into 2013 and I was offered a promotion And it was a promotion I had really wanted. And 
when the promotion was offered to me, I was so excited that I really didn't sit and think about or evaluate the impact that promotion would have on the rest of my life. I knew it was something great for my career and for my financial opportunity, all of those things, but I wasn't really listening or thinking anything about, okay, gosh, this promotion is going to completely rock my world in all other aspects of my life. And so I kind of went into things, you know, with a blind eye by, by my own, you know, personal doing. And I just set myself up for for 13 months of just absolute hell in, in many regards. And in, in some regards, it was, you know, a, a great year. But what happened was because I took on way too much in that professional role, and I'm the type of person that I don't like to let other people down. So I wasn't willing to let my clients down, let, you know, my company down. And so in order to get the job done that I was required to do, I just started sacrificing sleep and giving up pretty much everything else in my personal life. And we're talking like I was sleeping four or five hours a night, which Kelsey, I don't know if you've ever done that. Yeah, I I have so much to say and so much to ask about this season, but I want to hear more. (laughs) Okay. But it is, I mean, chemically, biologically, when you have that much sleep deprivation, you become to function as if you are drunk, intoxicated. And I was, I was living that way, like I said, for 13 months. And the even worse part about it was, you know, that I was, my family got my leftovers and I, you know, my husband, Matt was the bottom of my list. We were absolutely just roommates, just two people passing through the house, just trying to stay afloat. I, my kids at the time, you know, were basically 15, seven and four, and they just heard me screaming all the time, just impatient, you know, cause again, I mean, they were getting my leftovers. I just had nothing left to give. And I did that for those 13 months until I finally just really hit that breaking point and said, I like, I can't live like this anymore. I have to make a change. So, and that's, I know we'll talk more about that, but that really was things leading up to a breaking point, a a huge shift for me in my life. So, you know, I want to hear, you know, what, what led, what that led into and what came next. But I mean, I, that was one of the first things that really spoke to me when I read through your bio and got on your side and started checking out all that you do, because I think so many of us buy into this idea that we've got to work from this kind of manic place of compulsive doing. And I saw, you know, you were working the 80 hour work weeks and I very much had a season of that. And like you, my husband got the worst of me, even down to your wording of my husband and I lived like roommates. I have so been there and I realized, wow, like, this is not what I wanted. I wanted to be able to step into my dreams and to pursue what I felt like my calling was, but I don't think the design was to sacrifice and martyr my family in the process. So, cause you kind of share more about like what, what led you to say, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So 
I can remember several, several times coming home from work and, you know, just before I would walk into the house on the other side of the door, I could hear Matt with, with the kids and, you know, that typical just laughter inside the house, just having fun, this, you know, really cool evening. And I wouldn't even get the door open all the way. It was like just the slight turn of the knob, slight opening of the door, and it would turn silent. And Matt later shared with me, he said, the moment you walked in, we were all on high alert. And it just, I mean, I'm, I hated hearing that from him, but it, I'm so glad that I, I did because I didn't really, I didn't realize it at that time, even though I recognized, okay, the house is now quiet when I'm walking in. It was like, I didn't have time to, to process it that much. You know, I didn't have, and I didn't know what to do. It was okay. This is just how my life is. You know, when nobody really prepares you for being this, you know, working mom trying to, whether it's climb the corporate ladder or have a successful business, whatever those professional goals are, nobody really prepares you for how much more difficult it becomes when you get married, when you have children, when you're trying to do all of these things. And I just kind of thought this is how it is. I just need to deal with it. And like I said, I did that for the 13 months and the, the breaking point for me, which, you know, isolated is, is, sounds like a really silly, stupid thing, (laughs) but in the context of 13 months of compound, right. Of all of these events, the, the final straw for me was, you know, I deprived myself of having any sort of fun. I was unhappy all of the time. I started calling fun, the working mom's F word. Like (laughs) it, it, it is not like you, once you're a working mom, fun is a bad word. And so I was so excited that in December of 2013, that I was going to a holiday party. It was a networking group I was serving on the committee for. And, you know, just your typical women getting together, you know, drinking wine or in a exchange, but I was so excited for this party. And, but that day in the office, I got pulled in and it was account planning season And my vice president, you know, late in the afternoon threw all of these unexpected changes into my presentation that was completely prepared and I needed to have it done uh, by 8 a.m. the next morning. And so as I started to work on it, it became, you know, seven o'clock at night and I'm alone in the office and I realized, you know, I'm not making it to this party. And that was the breaking point. I just sat in my office all alone and completely broke down, hysterically crying. And I was crying because I, I was so frustrated. I was so exhausted. I didn't know what to do. I, you know, was kept having these emotions like, okay, this is just how it is. This sucks, but I don't want to be like this. I quit. I need to quit my job. I, you know, the only way I can be happy and and be a good mom and and take care of everything is if I don't work anymore. But the reality of it was, is that I was the majority of the income contributor to our family. So it wasn't an option for me to just up and quit. And even if it was, quite frankly, that's not my personality. I'm a driver. I I love to have professional success. So that that breaking point of me just sitting in my office like I 
I feel like I want to quit, but I can't quit, but I know I can't continue living like this, but I don't know what the answers are. And I decided to reach out to a girlfriend of mine, uh, Kate. She had become a coach and she and I worked at our my first corporate job together. And that was my first, you know, reach out. It was like, I felt like I had a lot of answers in life, but I had drifted so far away from the foundation and the things that I always knew. I'd gotten so caught up in just this mindless motion of where I was at that I really needed to step back and reach out to someone else for help. And that was the turning point for me. Absolutely. So had Kate navigated that as well? I have a Kate too, who's been an instrumental part in my shifting out of crazy into like a more um, integrated way of living and working that complement one another versus really don't work. How did that, what was your journey from there from the moment you reached out to really starting to pivot into something new, into a new season, a new career path, a new programming? I feel like it took me a year to reprogram myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Kate, I remember one of our, it will had to be been our first call. She said it so simply. She's like, I don't understand. Why do you feel like you have to choose between your job and your family? Like, why can't you just have both? And I'm sitting there going, I, I can't see that. Like I just, I was so far down this path of feeling so desperate and so lost. I couldn't see it at that time. And, you know, really where things started for me was you know, she introduced me to meditation, which, you know, I was a corporate black and white fact-based person. I was like, what in the world does she want me to do? I, you know, cause we, she said the word meditate. I literally was picturing a bunch of like long haired hippies, 1960s <laughs> sitting in a grass field, you know? And like I said, cause I come from corporate and so, but I am one of those people who if you tell me to, to try something, like I'll go do it. I will try it. I will do it. So I, I took her advice. And what I decided to do was uh, meditate on a question. And so every morning, I mean, literally first thing when I'd wake up, I'd go downstairs, everyone else in my house was sleeping and I would set my phone timer for anywhere from five to 10 minutes, depending on the day. And every morning for, it was probably two to three weeks. I just asked myself one question and I asked this one question every single day, every time I meditated and it was, what makes me happy? And, you know, at the beginning, it's all the stuff on the surface level, you know, my family, my friends, my parents, you know, all those things that just, you come to the, the, your, you know, conscious mind. But by asking myself that same question over and over and over again, I was forced to really dig to layers deeper that I never had. And it was within that meditation that I realized there were these little actions or these activities or participation in things that that's what really lit me up. And I began to integrate those as much as I could within that corporate day job. Because like I said, I couldn't just quit. I couldn't make all of these drastic changes. So it was like, okay, if I have to be here in this job, what can I start doing within it to make it better for me? And I truly believe because I was then bringing about activities that made me happier and reflected my strengths, I ended up getting promoted again at that same company into 
the next role that I really wanted, as well as being able to get clear on, okay, if I'm going to travel and I'm going to be working to this degree, then I need to be able to ask my management for some things to accommodate, right? So like working from home on Fridays, just, you know, to give me a little bit of a break from being on the road. And then at the same time, as I got in touch with that happiness, call it my happiness remedy, when I had that happiness remedy, I just discovered back to my roots of it was all about coaching. It was all about teaching. I'm happiest when I'm a group exercise instructor at the gym. I love that. And so I decided to take it a step further and start my own coaching business and and speaking and helping other women uh, to not get to the breaking point that I did. So the irony of it all was that next year, those following 12 months, I ended up taking on more in my life, but because it was so intentional and it was specific to the things that were aligned to who I was and what made me feel better, my life and everyone else around me was in such a different place. It was it was amazing. It was amazing to see. Wow. So, okay. So you, you go on, you take this new position. At what point did you go out on your own in your own journey? Or are you still working in the corporate world? And then second fold of that question, how long did it take for you to kind of see a shift with your family or for your family to see a shift? Because I think for many of us, we decide, oh, this is no longer working for me. But but like I kind of mentioned earlier, it took me a year to reprogram myself of saying, okay, this is, I've, I've seen myself become someone I don't want to be in the sense that I'm always cranky. I am not operating from my why anymore. I'm working 80 hours a week, but for the sake of what, you know, if I went into this to have, you know, the freedom of time and finances to have people around my table, but can't even do that because of my relationship to work. How long did you how long did it take for you to see that really shift and play out in your life? Yeah, for me personally, I started feeling a shift, I'd say within the first 60 to 90 days, just from my own kind of those aha moments. And I love aha moments. It's like, once I start to gain clarity, it's, it's like the domino effect. So many other things start to happen. I would say for my family, it was probably beyond that 90 days within six months. Now, if you talk to my younger ones today, especially my daughter, Reese, who was only four when all of this was going on, she doesn't even remember. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, thank goodness. (laughs) Thank thank goodness you don't remember crazy mom. And my son, Ethan, he's 12 now. He can recall little bits and pieces, but it wasn't as big of a deal. It's it really impacted, you know, my husband and and our relationship. And so I would say he probably started to notice some of those changes in those first 90 days as well. But I would say in terms of our relationship and getting reconnected and, you know, me not thinking, oh my gosh, he's going to pack up my family and leave me because (laughs) I'm insane. You know, it was probably six months for us to, to get back on that. And it's not to say everything's perfect all the time. Still, you know, we still have those, those times where we feel like we don't have enough time for one another. We just celebrated our 15 year anniversary in June. And I finally got him on video with me to talk about the reality of being married to a working mom. And it's still time, time is still hard to get for, for the two of us, but we're no longer just roommates. I will tell you that that's, that was a big piece of it. And so 
to answer the, the other question, Kelsey, you know, of the transition. Yeah, I ran my business alongside of my corporate career for about three and a half years. And I, I will I will share in full transparency that I didn't do it really well because I was fully committed to my corporate job. I, you know, they were such a great employer for me and it did take a lot of my time. And so when I was at work, I was at work. So trying to do my business on the side with, you know, again, being married and having kids and, and I teach at the local gym, you know, I had to kind of squeeze in a couple hours here and there. So I did what I could just to keep it alive and, and to help coach and do some events when, when I could, but I didn't make that full transition until, you know, about three and a half years later. And so it's, it's been less than a year since I have been full time on my speaking and coaching business. And I think that is just such, thank you for being transparent there, because I think that helps set healthy expectations. I also built a business while working a day job and it might be slower and it might feel discouraging when you see people who are like, you know what? I'm burning the ships. I'm giving myself no other options, but I, I too, I was, you know, I've been supporting our family as my husband was in college. And so I didn't really have the option to quit my day job. Could you kind of speak to the girl who feels like, man, I, you know, she looks around and she thinks it must be nice to be able to quit and just start your own business and have kind of essentially privilege because don't we all wish we could do that? And yay, I celebrate the women who are able to do that, but then some are not. How? What is your advice and encouragement to women who really have to juggle a few things to get their dream off the ground? Yeah, I I will tell you, I I knew long term that this is eventually what I would do full time, but I didn't I didn't necessarily have a full blown plan, um, and it. Part of it was because I was still loving my day job. I felt very blessed there. And so it, I didn't feel in that desperate mode after I got my life kind of on track. But I was so attached to my business that I wanted to keep that. And, and again, I knew eventually down the road I would get there. So I would say, you know, for some women, if you know you absolutely want to be making that transition, then you do need to have a plan. You need to figure out financially what what you need to have coming in and and work backwards. You know, so if if this is the end goal of where I need to be, then you know how how can I earn that? How can I start to replace my income? And it does need to be at a realistic pace. And as painful as that might seem, you know, your realistic pace may be five years from now, but but just start, just start there. Just start there. Because the other piece for me is I completely trust in the timing of the universe. And again, I'm, I'm a very structured black and white person, but there are so many things that you just cannot control and to let go of a little bit of that. And so my personal story is that I chose to leave my corporate role, but it was somewhat chosen for me earlier. And what ended up happening was the company, like I said, that I'd been there for 11 and a half years, they eliminated and started their first wave of layoffs. And my position was one of them that was eliminated. And I was offered another, another job there, but I took that as the sign of the universe saying, it's time for you to now leap out on your own. And so I did have some financial security in the form of severance. And so that's what a allowed me to leave earlier than I had necessarily even thought about. But again, 
it was, it just happened to be timing, right? You know, I, I, I do believe in that, in that aspect of it. One thing, man, everything you say, it's like, man, I've got a piggyback question right off of it. One thing I hear you saying is, you know, sometimes decisions are made for us and they're not ideal. I was actually let go of a position and it ended as in fired, not even laid off. The most humbling season of my life had never and and since I've never been let go. It, it was really painful, but I found and, you know, working with, worked with my counselor and, and mindset coaches on this one, that every time it seems like there's a kink thrown in the plan or, you know, something bad is happening, I've, I've decided to choose to believe in upgrades around the corner. And when I started really leaning into that belief, I actually now tend to see that every time it seems like something's going wrong, I really have to believe I'm going to, I'm going to choose to believe in upgrades around the corner. And I find that to be true in my life. Is this an example of that kind of being true in your life as well, where, you know, obviously it wasn't ideal for your position to be eliminated and to be laid off, but it paved the way for you to step into your dream. Yeah. I love how you said, how did you word that Kelsey upgrades around the corner? Yeah. And uh, like every time, I mean, as a, a perfect example for me is, you know, I have an Instagram agency and every time an algorithm changes, I mean, I've cried my eyes out at a dinner party thinking it's about to fall apart, <laughs> you know, for a reason that I can't control. I, you know, have built a business around software and it's not my only avenue of income. I have my programs and coaching, but it's a big chunk that has supported me building out my dreams. And so I very much have moments where my counselor finally got to a place and said, you know what? Algorithm changes have happened before. You can lean into this and choose to be scared. It's going to fall apart and be miserable, or you can choose to believe that an upgrade's around the corner. And every, every time an algorithm has changed and that can cause me a lot of stress with my business. I've, I've really gotten to a place where I choose to believe that now. And when I really, really started choosing to believe that, especially at the beginning, my business doubled. And I, I really did see that as an upgrade. Again, I still have a business built at the mercy of an ever-changing algorithm. And that doesn't change that there are some stressful weeks, but I also have never seen it all fall apart like I used to expect. Yeah. And I think, you know, as you, as you said, you, you've gone through this before. And so that's, that's how I looked at it that now don't get me wrong. The, the second that the senior vice president and human resources folks left my office from telling me I, you know, my position had been eliminated, but, oh, you can apply for these other jobs. I went into panic mode. <laughs> I was te immediately texting all anybody I knew, hey, I just found out my job's been eliminated. Like I did. I was already thinking about the next J-O-B. I didn't have it on my radar the first couple of days about okay, this is your time to step into your business. And, and after I made that decision, it felt amazing, but it was also extremely scary. And it's funny because I've been offered to try new things and, and do other things. And I always jump in and do it, but I've always had a safety net. And this was the first time, because even though granted, I was blessed with some severance. The severance isn't forever. <laughs> it, it's, it's, you know, it's a definitive end to that bucket of money. And so I had to say, okay, this is my plan. This is how I'm going to, you know, make adjustments to our family uh, budget and what we can do to help make the severance stretch as long as we can. But while at the same time, 
I believe in my abilities. I believe in my ability to find the answers, the resources, to do the research, to figure things out. I know that I'm not going to lose everything and lose my family and, you know, to the extreme of being homeless. Like, I just don't believe in that. I know that's not going to happen. And so just moving forward every day, staying in motion every day. So, you know, running your own business is not for everybody. I mean, you have to have a certain level of discipline a certain level of resilience. You have to be committed to it just like you would any other job. And if you don't have that personality or you can't figure out how to build that support system and create that environment to, to get you there, then it may not happen because you just, you got to stay in motion. And I believe that every time, like you said, Kelsey, that there has been something negative in, in my life or a, a change. Cause I mean, we live in the universe. It's ever, it's changing every single second, but every time there's been a change, I've been able to figure it out and something better absolutely has come along. It doesn't mean every time something better, there may be, you know, two things that are good and then a negative, and then there's another two things that are good. Right. Um, but it's just that belief and getting into motion. Do you see that in your business and in your life, what you expect overall, maybe not every single thing you expect or every single thing, you know, you, you get everything you want or everything you don't want, but do you kind of see what you expect you yield in your business? For instance, if you expect negative results, if you expect it to fall apart, if you expect something to go wrong, you see that, or if in turn you expect the best, you tend to see it kind of lean in that direction. Again, maybe not everything goes perfectly smoothly, but Overall. Yes. And I was raised that way. I was, like I said, I count myself lucky for my parents, but I was raised in an environment where you, you believe in yourself, you believe in what you can accomplish and you, you lead with optimism. You, you lead with that positive belief. And it's again, I, you know, I'm also realist. I don't expect that everything's going to be, you know, rainbows and unicorns, <laughs> but, you know, I'd rather lead with that positivity and expect good things because it is true when, when you have that positive energy, when you have that positive mindset and people are around you, they feel that. And that's when things happen for you. Now, I can't just sit isolated in my home and just, you know, do nothing about it. You know, the law, the, the law of attraction, it means you have to actually be in motion. Uh, yes, I, I know if I'm going to be having a bad day and I've had certainly several of these, especially since being on my own, if I'm not feeling it. Like I will literally turn off and I will step away and I will say, I just, I either need to take a couple hours, the day off, but I need to go get back in the right mindset because I'm not doing anyone any service by continuing to sit in this negativity. I need, I just need to step away. And, and that helps me. Absolutely. I agree. So one thing, kind of as we shift gears, I would love for you to kind of tell us about what you're doing with the programs you've launched. You know, I know you've kind of been doing this full time for around a year now, but working, you know, on this for a few years. And I love the programs you offer. It's been really cool to check those out. It really seems like you have some high level offers that really can help someone 
step into their destiny per se. I love your claim, your career. You so new. I would love for you to kind of share what you do and how you kind of help your clients step into what they're meant to do. Yeah. So I offer one-on-one personal coaching. So that could be in the form of career coaching. So I do quite a bit of that because I've transitioned from elementary school teacher to the corporate professional to entrepreneur. And I come from a leadership background within the corporate world. So I do a lot of career coaching. And then I also have a program that I've trademarked you, you so new. And so the idea is that I don't want to change you, who you are at your core. I just want to help you create a new version of you, especially as, as women specifically go through so many different seasons of their lives, whether that's career transition or becoming a wife, a mom, et cetera. And so it's helping through either personal coaching or in the fall, I will be launching a a digital uh, product of that. There are basically eight essentials that I have developed and researched and trained with my clients through uh, group coaching or event live events that I host. And I'll be putting those into a digital package to launch in the fall. But then I'm hired by organizations to come in and share my story and help women understand how to live what I call the and life. Uh, so that's my signature keynote is living the and life, how to have a successful career and a fulfilling personal life. So I do trainings and keynotes um, and speak at conferences on that as well. And then my story is published in a best-selling book along with 19 other beautiful uh, stories from other women. That's available on my website. And the book is called Women Who Ignite. Oh, I love that. So I would kind of love for you to touch on and just kind of expand a little more about the and life because I was sitting at a breakfast this morning with women saying, I'm scared to have my second child because I know what it'll cost me. And I I don't have children yet at all, but this is definitely something my husband and I even navigate. Let's try to get you out of school. If, If it happens sooner, it's okay, but let's try to get you out of school first. Because I think for women, we do want to have a career that lights us up, that ignites us, but also we really want to be able to nurture our family and it's hard to juggle both. Yes. And that, you know, in 2013, when I was going through all of that and hit that crashing moment, as I shared, you know, I just couldn't see how that was possible. I thought you had to, to choose one or the other. And, and I realized that, that you don't. Now, what I will offer is, you know, as a woman in a, in a career, when you have a newborn, when your children are young, toddlers before preschool, that is one particular kind of season of life, one stage of life. And that's going to look very different than, you know, where I was at most recently, you know, where my kids are in elementary school. And it's not to say necessarily everything gets easier, but things certainly, some things get easier and more manageable as your children get older. So, So that's why I love being able to coach women on the specifics of how do they see that they can still achieve that success, but continue to not do everything defined by everyone else, but do the things that matter most to them. So I like to say, you know, that having it all, right? That there's this myth of like, okay, nobody can have it all. And I challenge that. I say, well, 
if you're trying to have it all by somebody else's definition, then you're right. You can't. But the first step is to define what having it all means to you as an individual. And I think that's where most women fail is they just kind of like have this blurry vision. Oh, okay. I want to climb the corporate ladder and I want to have five kids, but they're not really specific on, okay, well, how many hours a week do I want to work? Do I want to travel? Do I want to commute? Do I want to work from home? Um, What does my home life look like? Do I want to have support or do I want to do everything on my own? Right. And by not taking the time to sit down and define in a very crystal clear fashion of what that looks like, that's oftentimes where, where we lose. And that's, I, I, that's exactly where I failed because when I was offered that promotion, I didn't have that definition set up. And because I didn't have that definition other than on my professional side, I just said yes, because that, that promotion met my professional goals. It met the professional aspect, but I didn't have anything else clearly defined. If that, if that makes sense. Oh, it totally makes sense. And I think kind of setting the bar for what are your negotiables and what are your non-negotiables in your life and, and really creating boundaries. I think as we step into juggling multiple facets of our lives, we really have to say, I I was, you know, my husband and I had to walk through, okay, if I say yes to this, what will it yield in my business, but also our personal life? And if I say no, what will it yield? And it was, you know, something that I really wanted, but I also had made a commitment to myself to rest for three months. So I had to say no, even though it was you know, a a very exciting opportunity, but it still wasn't the best fit for my priorities for this, the following quarter. Yeah. And I, I, so you, you made a comment about resting for three months. So you made a commitment to yourself on your personal side for a period of time. And that's, so the analogy I like to give is if you've ever seen what's called a balance board. So it's like a circular disc made of wood or plastic, and then it has half a ball underneath it and they use it in the gym. You're supposed to stand and balance on it. Right. And you know, I'd like to say that, you know, the trainer that you would be working with, they might have you lean, you know, in one direction on that board because they want you to focus on a particular muscle group. And as you're leaning into that for that period of time, you're at some point, your muscles become fatigued, your brain recognizes that, you know, you're tired. And so ideally you kind of reshift your balance. So you lean more back toward another section of the board. If you fail to do that, if you continue leaning to that one side, then you'll eventually fall off the board. And so I liken that to our life. If you take that circle, that balance board, and you divide it up into, I look at my life in six different areas. And there's going to be certain times where I might have to lean into it. So Kelsey, using your example, you know, rest, you know, your personal well-being, your health, you need to lean into that for a period of time, but you're, you know, you're not going to stay in a constant state of rest, right? At some point you're going to eventually reshift. Or I had an example where my mother was very ill for several months. I had to back off of some of my personal hobbies and things that I enjoy and even pull away from my immediate nucleus of a family and lean more into taking care of my mom for for a few months, but I couldn't stay there forever. So 
I always think about that you're never fully standing on this balance board completely still. Not everything is perfect at all times. And it's okay at different periods of time to lean in a little bit more as long as you recognize that at some point you're going to get that fatigue and you need to reshift because otherwise you're going to fall off the board. I love that analogy. And that's actually super helpful for me in this season, because I'll be honest, saying no to, I was asked to go on a trip to Kenya with an organization I partner with. And it was so hard for me to say no. I mean, that is everything I love. Traveling, getting to interact with different kinds of people, learning about culture, hearing people's stories. I mean, that's so exciting to me. That's a huge motivation for me. And to say no, because I knew I had committed to three months of rest was a, was a big challenge. You know, even though I knew my answer was no, I still came home and was like, I think we can make it work to my husband. And he was kind of like, do what you want, but this is not honoring your commitment to yourself or to us. And when I finally came back and was like, you know what, I'm not going to do it. I was really proud of myself because I knew I needed to prioritize rest and I've seen the effects of not doing that. And I end up resenting all the things I actually enjoy doing because I've overcrowded my life. And so that balance really helps me really get the most out of the things I love to do versus limiting me from them. Yeah. And I mean, again, trusting the timing in the universe. It, I mean, I can't imagine that you think that that opportunity to travel is never going to come about again, right? Like it's, it, it's hard to say no, but that's the other piece of it. It's like, okay, th- this will come back to me in some way. It may not be this exact organization or this exact trip, but it's not like this opportunity is never going to present itself in some shape again in my future. Have you, you know? and my husband been talking? <laughs> no, <laughs> that was the exact thing he said. And I was like, I know, but I really want to go, you know? So it, it is, it is a balancing act. And I love the visual you gave there of that balancing board. Cause that's so true. When you're out of, out of sync, out of balance, it just is so easy to fall off. And then it, it would be better to kind of lean into a new, new facet rather than falling off. And so I'm with you there. I'm tracking. That speaks my language. So how can our listeners find you? I've loved our conversation. I think it's so relevant. It was even really timely with the conversations I had this morning around breakfast of just how can we do this? How can we do this well? What's it like to launch your career while working a day job and how to balance family in your career? I think our listeners are going to be truly encouraged and inspired by this episode. So thank you so much. Where can they find you to kind of check out your offers, your coaching packages, your books? Tell us all the things. Yeah. So literally you can find everything you would want to find uh, at my website, which is ColleenHauk.com. So it's C-O-L-L-E-E-N-H-A-U-K.com. And Kelsey, I'm sure you'll post it um, in the show notes, but everything is there. I have free resources. So I, a lot of women I hear, they have a hard time finding me time so they can kind of like survive in their work and their job. They can kind of survive with the household chores, but they don't have any me time or any fun. So I have a free kind of quick starter guide for that. I also publish a video every single week and all of my videos are are hosted on my website as long as well as the book and the coaching packages. And then I'm also available for speaking at events. And Kelsey, if you ever get to see me live, I actually on stage, take that balance board and I do the demo live of, of that. Uh, don't fall off the board. I love <laughs> so. it. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. So everything's there. And uh, yes, I would love to connect with your listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. It was truly a joy to have you on today. Thank you for having me, Kelsey. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other. is here to keep you running with a much needed taste of normal to work home or work from home with the coffee you like just the way you like it whether that's a small hot black coffee your daily 2 p.m latte or a bacon egg and cheese croissant and a medium iced coffee with oat milk one sugar two pumps of caramel one pump hazelnut a swirl of french vanilla and a shot of espresso i call it my p.m pep rally you should really try it whatever it is that gets you running duncan's got you and always will america runs on duncan it's not every day you have to replace a water heater, more like every 10 years. The Home Depot can help with a wide selection of the latest models from Rheem and a helpful online water heater buying guide to help make choosing the right Rheem easy. From gas to electric, tankless, even smart models that can spot a leak before it happens. Water heaters have come a long way. You don't have to. Go to homedepot.com to find the latest Rheem water heaters and helpful answers and advice from our water heater buying guide. Only from the Home Depot. How doers get more done.